Good morning, church. Yes, for the third time. That's the third time. I'm worn out already, so. Man, well, it's wonderful to be with you all again, and uh, I'm honored to be bringing our message this morning. Like I said, the last time I was up here, there are only a couple times a year when they'll let the student pastor preach, and that is Senior Sunday and the Sunday after Christmas, because no one's there. And um, again, that was the last time y'all heard from me, and that's what I said then. So here we are, Senior Sunday. And regardless, I am glad to be here with you guys this morning, and I'm glad that we're able to meet and to recognize our seniors and their achievement. I contemplated for the last couple weeks of what I was going to talk about. Uh, As with many of you, I've sat through probably 30 different graduation Sunday messages in my 30 years of life almost, and uh, they all tend to have the same theme, and that is always this big send-off about going out into the real world, and I think that's important for us to talk about, but more importantly, I want to talk about a little less of a feel-good topic, and that is why college students leave the church. Now, Again, I know you guys thought I was going to be bringing some big and encouraging message, and I promise you that we will get there, but I think it's important that we talk about this first. I want to talk about the widespread problem as to why college students leave the church and never return after high school. I can speak to this because, well, I grew up around it. I grew up in a generation of students where that was definitely the case. We all went to church every week between a bunch of different churches in my hometown, We all went to the big events. We went to the lock-ins, the conferences in big cities, the camps at the beach. We did it all. We went to all the things together between a bunch of different churches. The name of the county that I grew up in in Missouri is legitimately called Christian County. So to say the least, it was around. There was always flyers floating around the church or around the school for the next big church event with students and at such and such church. So many of us grew up in and around the church, and the vast majority of us, I would say, identified as Christians as well. And I was fortunate enough to walk out on the other side of this event-based ministry and still have my faith intact, but there were those who didn't make it that far. And the events were fun, and the messages and the teachings were interesting, but there was something that was missing for most of these students and that was a real, true relationship with Jesus Christ. I wanna talk about the common theme amongst seniors in high school going to college or into the workforce or the military or whatever it may be. I think that a lot of us have been sold this idea that when college students go to college or the individuals go out into the real world, they will have these professors or these peers that will question their faith And they don't have a strong enough theological foundation, so they don't know how to defend their faith when persecution comes. And that's why they wander away from their faith entirely. That is one way to look at it. That is a possibility. I'm sure that that does and has happened. However, I think that that is a surface-level answer to a much deeper problem. The thing that we need to think about for a moment is that these students have spent their entire lives in church, the ones that we're talking about. And again, we're not talking about why teenagers in general leave the church. We're talking about why teenagers who were already in the church to begin with leave the church. And again, I want to be clear that I'm talking about the church with the big C, the big church, the global church, not just ours. It's not because 
these students weren't book smart. It's because they never developed a true relationship with Jesus Christ to begin with. At the end of the day, if a student leaves student ministry and never develops a relationship with Jesus Christ, then they will go, all out, they will go out into the world and they will be alone. They will suffer all the things that the world has to offer them. Without a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have not received the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in fact, you are alone. And the Holy Spirit guides us and he directs us. He speaks to God on our behalf. He brings peace and comfort. And he also convicts us to show us God's will for our lives. And it's through that conviction that we find ourselves drawn back to the church, a place where we collectively seek to get closer to God and we desire to be closer to God and learn more about him and to live out his will in our communities and in our lives. We were never meant to walk through this Christian life alone. It's not how it was designed to be. Christ sent out the disciples to set up the early church with a purpose. He knew that, he would, that we would need one another and that without the church, the enemy would use our loneliness to tear us apart and take our eyes off of the Father and his mission. So let's look real quickly at the passage where Christ sent out the disciples into the world. It's found in Matthew chapter 28. Many of you have read the scripture many times. This passage is known as the Great Commission. To give you some context as to what is going on here, Jesus is coming to the close of his time here on earth. He has walked with the disciples for over three years, teaching and training. He has died on the cross. He has defeated sin and death, and now he has risen from the grave. And he has appeared to his disciples to tell them what to do now. So let's read Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I think it's ironic that today we had baptism where most services reference this verse. And this is also Senior Sunday, and those messages always seem to reference this verse as well. But in my sermon prep, I landed on it, and it was for neither of those reasons. Yes, of course it's important to give purpose and meaning to baptism, and of course I want to commission our seniors to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. That is important. But today, I really want to focus on that last verse, verse 20, that says, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Why would Christ add that? As his very last words in the book of Matthew here on earth, why would Christ add that to the very end of the Great Commission? Was it just to make the disciples feel better before he ascended into heaven? Or was it just a one last feel-good message before they were left alone again? No. Every single word that Christ spoke while he was here on earth and continues to speak, he said with purpose. And he said that he would be with us until the end of the age, and he meant it. And this brings me to a good pivoting point where I want to talk about the real topic of today's message, and that is loneliness. I want to share a story with you 
from my college years, uh, just because it's relevant to today. It was my first semester of my freshman year of college. I was away from home for the first time, uh, for any real length of time, I guess. My school was about seven, almost eight hours away from home, and it was just far enough that you had to make a special occasion to go home for the weekend, you know? Well, one weekend I was in my dorm, and my roommate had decided to go home for the weekend, and he only lived about an hour away. He invited me to go with him, but I didn't feel like going, so I just decided to stay in my dorm room. So there I was in my dorm room, all alone, didn't know anybody around me. This was early in college, so I decided to stay there. Well, that evening, I got a FaceTime call from my sister, who was telling me that my nephew had just taken his first steps. She showed me him walking on the living room carpet, and we chatted for a few minutes before she had to hang up and FaceTime the next person to show them what had happened. So I had said my goodbyes, and again, there I was in my dorm room, seven hours away from home, all alone. And here's the thing that you need to know about my relationship with my nieces and my nephews. I am the baby of my siblings by a significant amount. So my nieces and nephews are much closer to the age of a sibling, really, than they are, say, an uncle. Uh, So that's a little more about our relationship. So I honestly had felt like I had missed watching my little brother take his first steps, and it broke my heart. I think that normally I would have been able to just sweep this under the rug, go about my day, chat with friends, be busy, keep my mind off of it, but I was alone, and I felt alienated. I truly didn't know any of the people that were around me, not really, and all these good things were happening back home, and all my real friends were back there. I felt miserable, terrible. I just laid there, and I cried in my dorm room bed, and I asked God, I said, why do you have me here? I said, everything good is happening back home, and here I am all alone. Why have you done this to me? Now, pretty quickly, after I kind of pulled myself together, wiped my tears off, I remember that I felt like I had a pretty clear answer as to why. And God reminded me that in that moment, that first of all, I had prayed to be at that college. And so he had given me what I had asked for. And then secondly, he reminded me that I am not alone and that he would be with me always to the end of the age. Ultimately, I made a commitment in my heart to finish out what God had for me at that school. Now, after all sorts of ups and downs and a year at another college and a bunch of other crazy stuff in between, it led me right where he wanted me. It led me to my wife and her family. It led me to a career in the music industry for a time. It led me to this church where I get to serve our students today. But yet, I still can't help but wonder what would have been different if I had just called it quits in that moment, if I had hopped in my car and drove back to Missouri like I wanted to. I'll never fully know the answer to that, and that is okay, because what I do know is that I would have missed out on this abundant life that Christ has given to me, that I have now, and the enemy tried to steal it all while whispering the lie in my ear that I was all alone. The enemy will use loneliness to poison you and trick you into worshiping yourself over worshiping God, doing what you want to do instead of what God wants you to do. 
And that's the very reason that I think Christ included that as his last words here on earth. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Seniors, there are going to be times where you feel all alone. A little secret for you, there are a lot of adults sitting in this room today that feel all alone. There is no amount of friends that you can have. Doesn't matter if you have a spouse or a significant other or if you have a bunch of work friends around you, it is inevitable that every single one of us is going to feel lonely at some point in time. We all experience it. The important reminder, though, this is for the adults and the seniors and students, the important reminder is that you don't have to be alone. You don't have to walk through this life alone. There's an open invitation to have a one-on-one relationship with a God who loves you, who cares about you, and who wants good things for you. He wants to walk with you, he wants to talk with you, and he wants you to know him in the way that he knows you. I have to uh, circle back around and tie this all together now that we've uh, got here. And the reason that students graduate, leave the church, and never come back is because once they leave their student groups, there's no more camp or big events or pizza nights or game nights, and everybody ends up going their separate ways. They are left all alone. No relationship with Jesus to be found. No conviction to return to fellowship with God's people in his church. We're actually seeing this issue right now transcend students for the first time in a very long time. What happened last year? We all got really lonely. We all got stuck in our houses under a direct order from local governments in order to contain a highly infectious virus. And well, just like the high school graduate who left the church without a relationship with Jesus Christ, again, talking about the global church, there are many people who left the church without a relationship with Christ this last year as well. And that breaks my heart. My heart breaks for the lonely because I know that pain. And what hurts the most is the longing that I know they have for love and the answer is right in front of them in the form of Jesus Christ. So today, yes, I am addressing these graduating seniors and students, but the words in this passage are not just for them. If you are experiencing crippling loneliness and a longing to feel loved, the answer starts and ends with Jesus Christ. All too often, I think that we find ourselves learning from the Bible but missing the message. Two weeks ago, I was preaching on a Wednesday night at one of our student services, and we were discussing how to study God's Word. We were in a sermon series called Word, and we were diving in on how to study the Word. And I let the students in on a little secret that I didn't learn until I was much older than they were. And that is this. The entirety of the Bible, front to back, has an overarching theme. And that theme is worshiping God over worshiping self in all things. From the third chapter of Genesis to the last chapter of Revelations, the theme is the same. Man sins by worshiping self and then deals with the consequences. And then when man returns himself to God, his faithful creator, and worships him, peace and love abound. It's consistent. 
Seriously, think of any story in the Bible, and I promise you that this theme applies. So what is the world's response to loneliness? Well, it's generally one of two things. One, some people will sit in it and do nothing about it. They'll sit there and they will be lonely. The second thing is people will spend their lives looking for love in all the wrong places, only ever finding a temporary fix to an ongoing problem. There have been many business books written on this subject, how to use people's desire to feel loved and heard and respected in order to make a big sale. The world will cash in on our loneliness at every chance that it gets. I think that this longing for us to feel heard, loved, respected is not a flaw of man, but rather I think it's a gift from God or a tool from God to bring us back to him. Humans desire and strive to feel these things, heard, loved, to feel heard, loved, and respected, and they very rarely find them. But we have the answer to that. And Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. In chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth about how they should live now that they are Christians. He gives us all sorts of instructions for relationships in that passage. And in the middle of the chapter, he imparts some hard-hitting wisdom that hits hard. And uh, let's read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 20 through 24. It says, Each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Were you bondservants when you were called? Do not be concerned about it. But if you can gain your freedom, avail yourself of the opportunity. For he who is called in the Lord as a bondservant is a freed man of the Lord. Likewise, he who was free when called is a bondservant of Christ. You were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. So brothers, in whatever condition each was called, let their him remain with God. There is true encouragement in these words, if you dig just a little bit. In a world that is tirelessly seeking for love, affection, attention, purpose, companionship, and all the other things in this world that they tell us that we should seek after, we are called to do one thing, and that is to remain with God. That's the command that he has given us. Regardless of whatever battle we may face, remain with God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So, if the battle is not of this world, then we can't expect to get the answers that we are looking, from, looking for from this world either. When hard times come, and they inevitably will, we have a roadmap to follow. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19. It says, So then, those who suffer according to God's will should return themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. When we as Christians are in the place that God wants us to be, and we feel the pains of the spiritual battle that is going on around us, we are called to remain with God to commit ourselves to him right where we are called and continue to do good. Seniors, if that's the only word that I could give you today, it would be enough. 
Commit yourselves to God in all that you do. From the moment that you rise until the moment you lay your head down at night, commit yourselves to the Lord and his mission. He is a loving father, and he has made us promises beyond anything that man could ever offer us. In a moment, we're going to sing a song that fits this message perfectly. I want you to listen to the words of this song, and I want you to write them on your heart, because it is my prayer for our church that we'd be able to hear this message and lean into it. And I pray that we'd be able to always commit ourselves to our faithful creator and continue to do good no matter the circumstances. He is a God worth chasing. Today, as I wrap up, I want to take a quick moment to recognize just a few more people. Seniors, I've had the privilege of watching you guys grow up over the last eight years that I've been around or so. And I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, it is clear that you are surrounded by people in this room who love you. And seniors, join me, just seniors, just me and you. Can we join each other in giving a hand clap to those around us who have supported us and got us to this point? Come on. <laughs> Thank you. Parents, leaders, volunteers, friends, I want to thank you for the role that you've played in their lives as well. As the student pastor, it is my job, it is my duty and my privilege to remind you of the importance of student ministry. And there is no better opportunity than right this minute. Look at these students who are graduating. Please don't ever forget the impact that you make when you support student ministry here at the fellowship because as you can see, it matters. These young men and women that stood before you just a moment ago have become fantastic examples of Jesus Christ in a world that so desperately needs to see it. And you all helped make that possible through a multitude of ways. Don't ever stop supporting the Fellowship Student Ministry. It goes above and beyond us in a legacy that we will never even get to see. Now lastly, seniors, as the band makes their way back up, I wanna give you one final word. We, the Fellowship, believe in you. You always have our love and our respect and support. And it's my prayer that you will go out into the world and live out God's will for your lives. Yes, going out and making disciples of Jesus Christ and living out the Great Commission, but also remaining with God wherever he plants you. In a season of change, you will experience the unknown. Such is the nature of change. Not many things are going to stay consistent over the next few years. You're going to live in different places. You will develop new relationships. You will encounter new challenges. You'll have to come up with answers to questions that you didn't know you would have to answer. In all of this, I pray that you would lean into your heavenly Father. Trust in the Lord, pray to him, and seek his will for your lives daily. Always remember that you were bought with a price Serve God, not man, in all that you do. And when times get tough, remember 1 Peter 4.19 and return yourself to your faithful creator and continue to do good. Fellowship, it is my honor and my privilege to present to you one last time the senior class of 2021. Let's give them a hand. Again, this next song is my prayer that you would receive from this message. So hear the words of the song, write them on your heart. Let's pray as we continue in worship. 
Dear Lord, we thank you for this time together. I pray that you would be with these seniors and these adults in this room as we go forward from this place. I pray that, Lord, no matter what battle we face, we'd be able to look at that message you gave us in 1 Peter and that we'd be able to return ourselves to you no matter the circumstance and continue to do good. Lord, we love you desperately. We recognize the fact that without you we are nothing and we thank you for the free gift that you've given us even though we are undeserving. Lord, I continue to pray that you would lead God and direct us, that you would give us discernment, that you would give us wisdom, and that you would give us hearts of love and compassion for one another. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for these seniors, and I thank you for this church. It's your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Let's stand.